Hi, I'm Rachel Zabonik-Chanko here for another episode of the Club Solutions Magazine podcast. I'm really excited to introduce today's guest, which is Carol Nelavenko, the president of Village Health Clubs and Spas. We had a really frank conversation surrounding just leadership in the current times. We talk about pickleball, hiring challenges, AI, and if you know Carol, you know she is a really straight shooter, and it's just a fun and super engaging conversation. Hope you enjoy it. Hey, Rachel. Hi, Carol. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Good. Can't complain. Getting really hot down here. Is it? Supposed to be like 116 by next week. Oh my gosh. Pretty hot. We we had a pretty easy June, but now we're getting paid back a little bit by it all. Yeah. 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 We've done a couple of events in Arizona in June and then in September. And the June event seems to always be pretty, pretty hot. Yeah. This, well, this time we've been pretty much under a hundred, only a couple of days, but we're getting paid back now. Okay. Wow. Well, hope yeah. you can stay cool. Yeah. We're doing, uh, we're all going up for the 4th of July. We're going up North. If you only have to drive like two hours North and the temperature is really nice, like 80 degrees. Oh, nice. It's very high elevation. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Did you just get back from a trip yourself? I was at, went to South Dakota to visit my parents. Oh, okay. For Father's Day. Yeah. My dad's 90 and my mom is 88. So yeah. Still live and, you're... and still live at home. And yeah. yeah and your dad's life. doing better, right? Yeah. Yeah. Doing a lot better. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. And Glad to hear it. Yeah. It was always, I spend as much time with them as I can. I go back and make sure they're doing okay. That's nice. Yeah. But they don't want any help. They don't want anybody to help them at home. They don't want anything. So we have to go back and make sure that they haven't done anything crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. How about well, you? Doing all right? Yeah, doing well. Just navigating um, motherhood. I, yeah. I just had a baby six months ago. So yeah. congratulations, little boy or girl? A little boy. Oh, congratulations! Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's been it's been awesome. It's been great. Yeah. Um, yeah, going back to work has been a smooth transition. It's been really enjoyable. So yeah, doing really well. You get to work from home then or? Um, I do on Fridays. Okay, on Fridays. Okay, good. Yep. Yeah. I think more and more businesses are really asking people to come back. Yeah, uh, yes. That's definitely a trend. don't want to, but I think employers do want them to come back. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I would say that that's accurate. Um, I've been reading a lot of articles in the New York Times and- yeah just Washington Post and stuff about, yeah, the struggle. Cause there's yeah. definitely like um, a battle I think going on it, between what the employers want and what the employees want. The employers are at the uh, mercy of the employee right now because of all the job vacancies. We don't have enough staff so that the employee can ask for more things like working from home, you know, or a hybrid or whatever. But as a operator myself, it's just important that for our business, we can't work from home. Yeah. We got to be here. We got to interact with our members and each other. And, and I just did an article for club industry on culture. And, you know, it's all about being together. And I think yeah. that, that's what a lot of operators, you know, business people want the people back at yeah. work. You know? So it took a while. COVID really messed everybody up, you know, really got us going in different directions. So, yeah, so. I am curious. Have you seen from employees requesting more flexibility on, on the club side? Um, not, not from our employees, but from trying to hire employees. Like yeah. you know, we had a sales rep that wanted to work from home and we're like, well, that's kind of hard to do when you're selling our club. You know? yeah. 
And so she just, the day she signed up, she signed her offer letter was going to come to work and then said that, you know, the, the day before she was supposed to show up that she took another job where she could work from home. Wow. So, so uh, that's a lot of a, a request of our candidates, you know, employee, employee candidates, but, you know, we can't, we can't work from home. Yeah. You know, we're pretty flexible with people's schedule anyway. We were always flexible because of all the hours our people put in. And we're never we're only closed like one or two days a year and mm-hmm. everybody has to work a lot. So we're always, we hire the right people that understand that get the job done. Mm-hmm. You know, if it takes you four hours one day or 14 hours one day, whatever you have to do, get it done. We don't really watch over you like, like that. You know? Yeah. Well, I, I think that's a great approach because ultimately you get more buy-in and, and when you trust your employees, if you hire correctly in the first yeah. place. Yeah. There's a difference between, you know, having fun and goofing off and then mm-hmm. the ones that can't handle that, you know, like they're here where they come to the village, like, oh, I can take classes during the day. I can go swimming. We, we let you do all that stuff, but then you still have to work. You're, yeah. you're fine. You have to get your job done. And those are the people that usually don't make it. Yeah. You know, they can't handle all the freedom and and the responsibility to get, get your job done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask you like what particular maybe struggles or challenges you're seeing right now as a leader, would hiring be one of them? Yeah. It's the same that, that we've been all talking about for such a long time. It's, it's hiring people. We, it's getting better though. I think this year, um, probably in 2021, 2022, trying to find Pilates instructors or group X instructors, a lot of group uh, group X instructors just said they weren't going to teach anymore. They didn't want to do it anymore. So we had a heck of a time trying to expand our group exercise schedules and members wanted us to get back to pre-COVID, you know, class schedules and stuff. And we wanted to, we budgeted to do so. We're not even there yet because we don't have enough instructors. Okay. But lately I talked to my group exercise directors, things are getting better. We're getting more Pilates instructors now. That was a big struggle for us because it takes you know, so many hours to become a Pilates instructor and we couldn't find people. They just, they just weren't out there. And so we, you know, it's getting a lot better now, but still frontline staff, you know, cafes are tough because all the restaurants are looking for the same people that we are. The cost to hire people now is just nuts, you know, and, and uh, that's our biggest struggle and struggle. And then the same struggle we've had too with supply chain issues, just not being able to get parts. And then the members are upset because the jacuzzi has been down too long. And something that we're seeing recently that we haven't seen before is from the equipment manufacturing companies. We have ordered brand new equipment this year and last year that arrives broken and really having a heck of a time trying to get um, these equipment companies to help us get it fixed because they don't have the people enough employees to do all those quality control tests that they used to do pre-COVID. And we're just getting terrible. This is like the second year in a row where we've got brand new equipment with out of order signs on it. And we can't get people come out and fix them for us. That's really frustrating. All the big brands. And we spend, we spent uh, three fourths of a million dollars this year on new equipment and we, it shows up and it's broken. Yeah. It doesn't work. And it's sitting on, on our floor with out of order signs, but our members, you know, that's not what we do at the village. Yeah, it's that's frustrating. Major struggle. And then the cost in general of just doing business, you know, uh, the payroll. And then also utilities are just outrageous. You know, they keep hiking our utility bills up more. We, we thought we budgeted enough in 2023 because we didn't budget enough in 2022. We, we still way off by probably 8 to 10%. Over wow. Budgeted, so. 
Yeah. Especially this time of year when it's so hot out too with, with air conditioning and things like that. But very disappointing with the fitness industry, you know, uh, equipment manufacturers were just getting terrible service from them. Yeah. Wow. Well, and like you said, um, I mean, ultimately the members don't understand why maybe that's yeah. happening. So it makes, you know, you look bad. Right. Makes us look real bad. <laughs> and, we don't like, and we're just like, we're dealing with the thing right now. And we just can't get people to call us back or help us out and stuff. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, maybe someone will hear this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you know, going back to what you're saying about just like hiring challenges and even just, you know, managing increased costs, what kind of are you doing to manage that? Any advice for other operators who might be experiencing similar challenges? Well, one of the things that we've been doing, we actually did it during the recession in 2008, was to not get too comfortable with your vendors, you know, because after a while you have the same vendors for years and years and years, and you're not really paying attention that these prices are creeping up on you. And uh, so what we've been doing is every year we ask for RFPs for all, from all of our vendors and then we can reevaluate and it really keeps them on their toes and we've made changes. You know, we've changed our, from uh, Shamrock to Cisco, our, our cafe food you know, suppliers from all of our cafes. And we just switched again this year and it keeps them on their toes and we do it every year now. We've been doing it probably since 2008 yeah. and really paying attention to our expenses. Because they, you know, they do creep up and you have very familiar vendors that you trust, but, you know, they raise the prices on you and, uh, and you do have to go back and ask for them to give you another proposal and let them know that we're out shopping. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's smart. They've just quite a bit of money. We also have been doing a lot of group purchasing together too, with all the clubs that saved us a lot of money too, making sure all of our facility directors are working together, ordering, if you need towels, ordering them all together. You know, not not one club ordering at a time. And we all use the same products too at all of our facilities, which also, you know, helps with our standardization and our quality of what yeah. we want to be at the village. So that's that's been working well too. Group purchasing has helped save us quite a bit of money. But yeah. biggest advice I say is you gotta pay attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Well, I wanted to hear, you know, maybe what's going well at Village um, Health Clubs beyond just a couple of the things that you mentioned. Is there anything that you're super excited about in regards to the future? Yeah, we're pretty excited about, as as you know, uh, the Southwest is like mega capital for pickleball. I mean, yeah. pickleball everywhere. And we're we're tennis clubs and, you know, regular re- multi-recreational clubs. So we have decided to jump into the pickleball swimming pool. And uh, we did a really cool project at the Guinea Village. We have the Hyatt uh, Resort across the street from us, a big, big resort. And they've had four tennis courts that I've been trying to get for probably since 2015 and uh, just never could get them to let me lease them. And yeah. so finally, uh, because mostly it was because I wanted a very long-term lease, like 20, 25 years, and they just didn't want to commit to me that long. And so then I offered them, how about a 10-year lease? And they said, okay, we can talk about this. And so we started to talk to them and the tennis courts were just in, horrendous condition their patches of the asphalt was up and the every and the fencing was falling down it was really really bad and um and so we offered to uh take them over lease them from the hyatt because we uh, our Gini village was the only club that didn't have tennis okay and, and so we we saw this as an opportunity to we added two tennis courts we kept two tennis courts and then with the two remaining tennis courts we added eight pickleball and we we did all the work we paid for all the work and turned it into like a really beautiful pickleball and tennis center. We opened it March 6th 
And it's just been hugely successful. I mean, unbelievably successful, not just for us, but for the Hyatt. They probably have about 15 event planners over there. And we met all of them and half of them had never even been to the tennis courts because it was a, a place you didn't want to take your guests because they looked so terrible. <laughs> and yeah. now well, we've done, just when we opened up, we've, we've done several large corporate pickleball tournaments and clinics for their for their corporate guests, which makes good money for the village. And also is a great service for the Hyatt to be uh, able to you know, showcase for uh, attracting more um, corporations to come rent rooms for them. Very cool. So it's been really good. And then we're also building 12 pickleball courts at my DC Ranch Tennis Center. And that's a partnership with our Scottsdale Unified School District that I've been I've worked with them since 2013. And I leased land from the school. And so they had some land they weren't going to use right literally on my property that we have the tennis center. So we they said, sure, we're not going to use it. So go ahead. And so we are building 12 pickleball courts there and we'll get those opened up probably this month which they're supposed to open up in march but there's all kinds of construction delays as you know mm -hmm. um, construction costs are up like 35 percent, and then same thing they can't find enough workers so the project takes longer so opening up an outdoor pickleball facility in july in august in arizona <laughs> is not the best time but we'll just do a soft opening and then you know in the fall we'll really hit it hard so yeah. but we're, we're really excited about it and pickleball is just exploding all over arizona so Wow. Um, now we have it at two of our clubs and we were able to bring tennis to my Daney club and we're looking for different sites for Camelback, the Camelback Village and the Chandler Ocotillo Club to add pickleball there too. So yeah, but two, two really fun and cool projects. Yeah. 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 The pickleball boom is, is wild. Have you ever seen anything like it in your tenure in the industry? I haven't. It's nuts. I'm, I'm a little concerned it might get oversaturated because in Arizona, there's all these uh, people trying to do the indoor ones and they're going in all these vacant mall spaces like Bed Bath & Beyond is closing big stores, at-home companies um, doing all kinds of uh, closures of big stores. So, so lots of retail space available and they're they're uh, putting these indoor facilities in there. I just don't know how they're going to make pickleball people aren't don't spend a lot of money. You know, they're used to playing yeah. in the parks and stuff. So um, I'm a little concerned about that. Uh, and then there's all these restaurant, you know, um, kind of models where you you have restaurants and food and beverage and pickleball is on out there too. There's a whole bunch of those guys coming here. I just think there might be a little bit too many. Um, yeah. We'll see. And then I do think that pickleball is starting off very similar to tennis, where tennis players used to play outside in the parks, in the public parks and stuff, and then they could never get a court. And so uh, people like me, you know, built tennis places. And all around the country where you have to pay now, pay quite a bit more money than just playing in your public park. But in turn, you get, you know, your own court schedule. You get to play with who you want to play. There's all kinds of activities for your level. And I think that's a challenge right now for pickleball public facilities is that people have to wait like an hour to get on a court. And then they might have to play like if you're three advanced players and you have to play with one beginner because they're also in line to get on. People don't like that. So I think it's a big opportunity for us. You know, it's included in our membership. So it's just yeah. one more thing you get for your monthly dues. You don't have to pay anything extra for it. So certainly. And I didn't take anything away. I don't, I don't uh, believe in taking like take tennis courts away to build pickleball. I don't do that. I just add. Yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't do it unless I could add it because then you just make the tennis people mad. 
Yeah, <laughs> you don't want that. Yeah, we don't want that. So yeah, so we're excited about it. You know, I think it's going to be really fun. Yeah, awesome. Um, are there any other trends that you're seeing in the industry beyond pickleball? Well, I think, you know, definitely the whole complete continuum of healthcare. You know, I, I do think we had our eyes wide open during COVID where we were put in as an entertainment industry instead of health, which is ridiculous. You know, and they put us in with bars and restaurants. I mean, we're still recovering from that. We, yeah, we you know we lost 42% of our members because we were kind of portrayed as a dangerous place to be like a bar or a restaurant instead of a place where you go where healthy people are and healthy yeah. people were not really getting sick, you know, uh, during COVID they were in the minority. And so I, I just feel like we need to start I think a lot more people, an opportunity for our industry is a lot more people are starting to understand that being healthy is so important. And, but you have to be healthy, not just physically, but mentally. So one of the trends that we're doing, we're starting it at our Ocotillo Chandler Club is we have a whole recovery studio now, you know, with, you've got the compression boots and you've got massage, you know, massage, uh, water, massage tables and all that kind of, you know, chairs and all that kind of stuff. And we don't charge. I know a lot of people charge for it. But our dues are, are very significant. So we try to include as much as we can in our dues. And so we don't charge for it. You just have to reserve your space. And I think that's going to be a big, it's already a big trend. If you went to the Ursa trade show, everything you saw was about recovery. I yeah. spent a lot of time in those massage chairs on the trade show floor. Just <laughs> laying there. It was pretty fun. And then, <laughs> and then the other thing I see is too, is just more uh, classes for older members. You know, uh, we had a posture class here that was super popular we had to move it to a bigger studio and then balance classes meditation nutrition um, all that is is extremely popular right now we had tai chi quite a while ago and then we stopped doing it and we brought it back and again it, we have to move it to a larger studio because people are looking for certainly the older members are looking for more low impact activities and more uh, mental and physical health you know all, it all has to go together now yeah. And, then, and then I think always uh, that, that I'm working on with my people is just personalization. You know, um, I think during COVID, people started really understanding that they want personalized service, you know, and they, they don't want to just be one size fits all. So we're working very hard at the village to make sure that we know what, why you came and what you, you know, why you want to be here, what your goals are, and make sure that we can personalize your experience here and not just throw you into, you know, into the sea let you start swimming with everybody else yeah so personalizing and i know they're using ai i don't know how i feel about ai right now but uh, because i i think it, it to me it goes against personalization you know all this technology but i know we need to have some of it but i know they're using ai to customize uh workouts for people you know based on their physical you know limitations or or how their body structure is and i think some of that might be okay I just think as an industry, we have to be careful not to take out the human connection piece. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what we do at the village and technology remains super, super important. You got to have a really good app and the, the members need to know how to use it. Our members never read anything, you know, and so, you know, we set up tables like uh, throughout the year with people that know how to use the app so we can explain it to our members. And so they're getting, they're using it and they're maximizing it to its full capacity. And yeah. the, our members appreciate when we do stuff like that. But, yeah, for sure. Um, and I just think, I still think our technology that's available to our industry lags behind technology that our members are already using 
with other industries like restaurants, like airlines, you know, we're way behind because we're just not big enough to command enough research and development from these technology companies. I think there's a few good ones out there now that we're working with, but we had a ways to go. Yeah. Yeah. We did a technology panel at the Club Solutions Leadership Summit in May, and that was one of the main talking points was um, there is a lot of great technology out there, but it's just too expensive oftentimes for the club industry to have access to. Yeah. 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 So So, you got to work around it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I just I just think it's an ongoing challenge. And and then when you get new technology, it often doesn't work 100 percent great out of the box because we're not out of the box. We all run our businesses a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And so you have to customize it. You have to work with the computer uh, development people. And the, the ones that we've been working with have been pretty good at, at listening to us. And, and the more we can help them with what we really need, the more we'll help improve their products so they can you know, get, get other users. Yeah. 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 And then going back to, to what you were saying about AI and um, wanting to make sure that the industry is still emphasizing human connection. I do think there's an opportunity potentially for AI to like streamline and make things easier for your staff so that they can focus on right. that human right. connection. You know, I think if it can free up people so that they can, you know, actually provide better service, it can be beneficial. Yeah. And, and like I said, I don't know enough about it to really, you know, see how it's going to help. I understand. I agree with what you're saying, Rachel, that it can maybe take some more of the mundane task away from our people so that they can spend more time with our members, which I, I love when we do stuff like that. But I also am just a little concerned because I've been seeing all this stuff on the news of how the people who are actually creating all this AI are concerned that, that there's a bunch of, of uh, issues that could come out. If only oh, yeah. it, you know, so I'm like, well, what the heck's that mean? Yeah, <laughs> and so I think we just need to see how how it evolves and then use it in a way that that helps our employees do a better job, but doesn't interfere with what at the village. Our number one thing that we do here is connecting with our people. That's what yeah, we do. Yeah, certainly. And that's why we can charge what we charge. And that's why our members stay for a long time. So just want to yeah. be careful. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. No, no automated welcome desk for me. Come <laughs> yeah. 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 Not a good fit. Yeah. Not, not the way we, that's just not what we do. Yeah. No, I understand. Yeah. Um, Well, you know, I want to, I wanted to pick your brain a little bit too, because you have been in the industry for a while and you've seen a lot of trends come and go. I was just really curious if there are any mistakes you feel the fitness industry keeps making or any opportunities that we keep missing. Well, I think for me personally, but because we are a higher price model, I always feel like no matter what what model you are, you know, the the lower price dues clubs or whatever, I, I feel like we keep changing. Sometimes we, they, we change our model, you know, as a more of a knee jerk reaction at times instead of uh, trying to keep your model, stay true to the model and also try and uh, continue to add value and to continue to strengthen your model. Because I feel like during certainly during the pandemic, people were panicking and rightfully so. And they stopped, they, they used to be high end and now they wanted to be less expensive. And, and I always feel that the biggest mistake we've ever made from the beginning of the fitness industry is cheapening our product. And our product is health. And again, yeah. it's not entertainment. Our product is health. 
And, and I think if we would maybe, maybe spend more time on upping the qualifications that we ask of our personal trainers, like at the village, you have to have a four-year degree and a number of certifications before a four-year degree in exercise science or kinesiology or physical fitness or something related to the health industry. You can't work here unless you have that. And then you also get to move to different tiers, the more education and the more certifications that you get along the way, then you get, you know, you have different chairs where you're able to get higher commissions. And I just think, you know, until we start requiring more professionalism of some of our positions, the medical community is not going to take us serious. And I think there's a great opportunity there, certainly now with people really understanding the importance of health, that, you know, if we position ourselves as professional places, that where health is our product, that's what we sell, and we have professional qualified people delivering the product, then I think we might get uh, more attention from the medical community. And it's a huge opportunity, in my opinion. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think, you know, I think Ursa is doing a really good job with, you know, all the advocacy and stuff that we have to do, but we're too small. You know, our industry is too small. We're, our voice is small. And I think Liz Clark from Ursa is doing a really, really good job, but but, and I know she's trying to get us to collaborate with, you know, it'd be great if we could collaborate with the American Medical Association or other people that view health and, and, and that's their, that's their um, focus as well. And then we'd get a bigger voice, but we're not going to get that bigger voice until we have more you know, professionalism in our, in our clubs. Yeah. Yeah. It does seem like that um, gap is starting to be bridged in yeah. terms of the medical community. I'm definitely seeing more and more clubs partnering with, you know, right hospital systems, doctors. So hopefully it's trending in the right direction. Yeah. yeah I think, I think there's a, there's great hope out there. Yeah. You know, we just can't give up, but great hope and great yeah. opportunity too. For sure. Yeah. Well, is anything else top of mind for you right now that you wanted to chat about? Well, for us at the village, what we're trying to do is I think there's a huge opportunity for our clubs in that customer service is really bad everywhere. You know, and um, I've been actually going, I've gone to every one of my club's department manager meetings over the last month, and I've talked to them about this opportunity that we have. And I, I personally was at a restaurant, and I just got terrible service. And all during COVID and, and during 2022, we were all very patient because we felt like, oh, these guys probably just got hired last night, and, you know, <laughs> they don't know their job, and we were trying to, you know, cut them some slack. And then, and then now I feel like, and, and this is our members as well, you know, we are charging more. We've raised our dues 10% each month in the last two years. We're charging more and we aren't always giving more. Sometimes we're giving less. You know, like I said, we can't, haven't been able to give as many classes as we used to do. Our cafe hours aren't still at full capacity. Childcare's still not at full capacity because we can't find workers. And I told my manager, they said, you know, that's not... Uh, excuse, it's a fact, but people don't care anymore. They're getting tired of hearing that. And yeah. and so I feel the opportunity is, and this is a simple goal I gave my people, is when your members are out at a happy hour or at a party or at a backyard barbecue, and they're talking about terrible customer service, what I want them to be say is the only place that I can get good customer service is at my health club, The Village. And that's, that is a goal that all employees can wrap their head around. They, yeah. all, they all understand because they're all experiencing bad customer service. And I feel that 
we don't have to be excellent. You know, we have to be consistently good. And there's a big difference there because you don't, you don't have to be excellent. The bar is so low right now that if you were consistently good and, and you walk into my welcome desk, you get smiling, happy people talking to you. You take an excellent class. You go down to very clean, uh, well-functioning locker rooms. You go to my spa, you get a great massage. You come back out and the welcome desk kids tell you goodbye. Have a great day. You know, you're going to go, man, that was excellent. But <laughs> it wasn't really excellent. It was consistently good. Yeah. And so I'm really into that this year. I've been into it forever, but I just, I see that as a major opportunity for us to be the place where people say, you know, the only place I get good customer service is at the village. And so we, you know, we are doing all kinds of club audits to make sure everything's working. I do quarterly um, audits with all my facility directors and assistant GMs and GMs. We do them every quarter where we go and spend like three and a half hours at each facility looking for attention to detail things, a crooked, you know, outlet cover, you know, little stuff like that. And it chips on the wall, anything that is not the village. And we do it and they have 30 days to fix, you know, fix most of them. And if something takes longer, they have to tell me like they're waiting on a part or something like that. Well, we've been doing that for probably the last four years. And, and uh, our members see us do it and they really they're impressed by it that we're doing it. But um, I just think it's a good opportunity because customer service is really bad. I mean, it's still terrible. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely a way for, if you, like you said, to stand out if you are able to provide consistently good you know, yeah. customer experience. It's funny you mentioned this. So I'm actually reading a book right now called Unreasonable Hospitality. Have you heard of that? No, I, I haven't. We've read all of, you know, um, the Danny Meyer books. You know, we've actually had Danny Meyer come speak to our people a couple of years ago. Oh, that's amazing. I haven't, I haven't read it, but yeah. Yeah, I would check it out. It's really, really good. What was the it called? author? Was it it's called? called Unreasonable Hospitality, yeah. and the author is Will Guadara. Uh -huh. Um, he actually ran one of the best restaurants in New York City, and he consistently, like, just the customer service they were able to provide was out of this world. Yeah. He actually has a TED talk. That's how I got introduced to him. So I'll send you a link to yeah, it because yeah, it's yeah. so good, so inspiring. So yeah, we, we just started reading it with our team and yeah. it's very enjoyable and lots of like practical stuff. So I'll send it to you. I know that a lot of my assistant, this was when we, this was even pre-pandemic, we have our assistant GMs at their weekly department meetings have to do an, a hospitality exercise or a talk or something they read at every one of our department managers once a week. Okay. And, and they our assistant GMs have had a lot of fun doing it too. That's cool. You know, so they, you know, some tip they've read or something like, and I'll give, I'll give them this book because they'll probably, you know, they'll probably like to get a lot of good ideas out of that. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't know what hospitality even means. Yep. You know, certainly front, a lot of frontline kids are like, what are you talking about? You know, <laughs> you know so, so we've been doing that at our, at our meetings on, on uh, our weekly department head meetings too. Nice. Yeah. I think that's great. Well, awesome. I don't have any other questions, Carol. I think we've covered a lot of great stuff. Is there anything else that you want to add? Well, I'm just curious on your podcast. Uh, how long have you been doing it? Oh, gosh. Um, I think it's been a couple years now. So I think we started in January of 2020. So, gosh, maybe three years. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, it's been fun. And who's your audience? Other health club people or... Yeah, it's just the yeah. club solutions audience. So oh. health club um, owners, operators, and leaders. 
Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's fun though. I mean, I get to, you know, talk to my favorite people in the industry, yeah. including you. Yeah. So it's, it's enjoyable. Yeah. It sounds like, sounds like a great, uh, great idea. But we, you know, we've been on the, uh, you know, I'm on the rec, one of the recs round tables and, and also on, uh, we get all your guys' emails too, from club solutions and club industry and all this. And then, and then that's, that's how we, you know, we stay on top of things too. You know, yeah. networking for me is key. I mean, networking and I've been in, in this business for 40 years. So I have a question or something. I have all kinds of people I can call and ask a question for, or get some advice. And, you know, yes. Can't put a price tag on that. Yeah. And that's one of the things I do love about this industry yeah. is everyone is so open and willing to share, whether you're interviewing them on a podcast or like you said, in a Rex roundtable group or at our events. Um, it's just, a, it's a great industry. Yeah. I've got a lot of great friends. Yeah. yeah great friends in here and then everybody wants to know when I'm going to retire because I just turned 66 and I'm like why would I retire you know, <laughs> I love my I love my job I get up every day I can't wait to go to work so yeah I love it's it great. yeah yeah we're awesome. doing, good, doing good things here at the village so it's a lot of fun yes yeah. yeah awesome well thank you so much for your time Carol it's always just great talking to you yeah I appreciate you uh appreciated the invite so glad I, I could uh, help you out yeah bit. Hope, hope people want to hear what we have to say and and, then, uh, and good luck with all the rest of your podcast. Thank you. And um, thanks for sending Paul to the retreat as well. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. to, to meet him. Yeah. He's a lot of fun. You'll like him. Okay. Awesome. All right. Take care. All right. You too. Bye, Carol. Right. Bye-bye. Good luck with that baby. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. And that wraps up this episode of the Club Solutions Magazine podcast. Thank you for listening, and if there are future topics you'd like me to cover in upcoming episodes, please let me know at rachel at clubsolutionsmagazine.com.